What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, January 18th, 2023, coming at you from the pod cave. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters we have on the show, starting with a man hailing from Cloud Nine and the Purple Haze, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, and a retail worker who... Maybe seek another employment. Jason, how are you, sir? And how's that going? Uh, it's going very, very well. Uh, the the formal letters have not been signed yet, so I will I will leave that one as the old the old tease. But uh, there might it will be a retail work, but it will be a shift, hopefully away from the soul sucking commission sales. So, how are you guys doing? Uh, rough week so far, but uh, well, I shouldn't say rough week. Um, a lot of changes at work. We have a new administrator that started on Monday, so there's all the the the, the stuff that goes along with that. Uh, told you guys in the in the pre-show that I'm exhausted, so you guys may be carrying some of the load here tonight. Ah, uh, what else is new? Last but certainly never least, from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth. The father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, a man blocked by Adam Pierce for playing along, <laughs> the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I've been driving around a lot the last couple of days because uh, yeah, I had to go down and pick my mother up because uh, you know, she had to get some you know blood work done. Nothing serious, but you know, she but she needs a ride. So my sister usually takes her, but I had, you know, but, you know, I had to, I got called off the bench to do that this time. So I had to drive around a bit yesterday and then drove around some more today. So I am ready to not be driving anywhere for the next couple of days, to be honest with you. I'll bet when you get used to staying at home and then you got to go out and drive around, it gets a little annoying and you're like, okay, I just want to be back in my house, please. Yeah. Yeah. And 
So, as I introduce myself every week, I am the man with the award-winning beard. This weekend at the Brevard County Renaissance Festival, there will be another beard contest, hoping to make it number two. We'll find out next week whether this is a two-time award-winning beard or not. <clears throat> two-time. Two-time. That's right. You bet your ass, Bubba. I'm going for it. I already told Tina. I said I had to sit with the beard in silence and commiserate and 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 and, and strategize and plan how we can take home the gold next week or this weekend, so actually. You, uh, bring your award and like hold it like you would wear a belt or something like that. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Just, I'll bring not, both awards with me tomorrow yeah. or next week. Next week, if I win, it, it, yes. you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, no, I'm saying when you go into this one, be like, hey. Former champ right here. I'm coming for number two. Let's go. That's right. I'm going to roll up in there with my award and see what happens. It's going to be a good time. So let's start off this week uh, and get some get some heavy stuff out of the way. Um, like most of the wrestling world, the last 24 hours has been absolutely crazy. We were all shocked and shaken with the news of the death of Jay Briscoe. Um just and we're not going to get into the details of the what's the why's the how's we don't have you know all of those answers this is not a news podcast just want to make some some general statements it's just a horrible situation all around <clears throat> um you know wrestling fans obviously you know following jay briscoe following you know him and his brother's career over the last 20 years following our you know ring of honor it's this one, this one hit a lot of people hard. You know, not just fans, but the peers and you know the people that actually knew him and and worked with him and shared locker rooms with him and things like that. The outpouring over the last twenty four hours has been, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, I know, Rob, you you saw the Briscoes at the last official Ring of Honor show, didn't you? Yeah, uh, at the last, uh, well, the last at Final Battle, which was you know, the last pay per view before. You know, Tony Khan bought them last, you know, last year. But yeah, I saw them and I've seen them a few times. Um, but at that show, they were going against Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. And it was, man, that was an out, just an outstanding tag team match. Those guys were just, I mean, uh, if, if, there's a, if there was a best tag team outside WWE, best tag team you've never seen, um, I would say it's them. I mean, I've, yeah, um, if anyone, every team that I've watched, out, you know, out, outside of WWE over the past what ten years, they uh, they were the best. They were. Um, I saw them at that show. I saw them against the Young Bucks and at a Ring of Honor pay per view back in like 2018. And you know, I just. You know, saw the, and um, last year on the Impact pay per view, they went against the Good Brothers, and and we talked about that last year. And I said, look, when you you know, because the Good Brothers are often you know accused of mailing it in, and they didn't that night because you can't. You can't with the Briscoes, man. Yeah. The, the, the Briscoes are legit. Yeah. Um, and you know, a friend of mine described you know, Jay Briscoe one time as a guy who shoot looks like he would whoop your ass, and as the shoot probably could. You know. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys, they, yeah, they, they, I both of them were have absolutely no question that they are generally the toughest guys into the room in the room that they walk into. Yeah, yeah. And and to be to be so successful again, you know, 
we talk about WWE as the, as the standard bearer in this industry, but for guys like the Briscoes to go out there and make names for themselves outside of the WWE system and make what I'm sure was a, a comfortable living for themselves just speaks volumes as to how seriously they took the business, you know, and how seriously Jay took the business. And you know, that's not even talking about their ring work. You know, the last match that they had with FTR, that dog call was it the dog collar match. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely insane how stiff those guys were and how snug they were. And just that, I've always said, I like a wrestling match that feels like a fight. You know, when I think about, you know, Gunther and Sheamus, uh, Gunther and Dragunov, I know I keep going back to Gunther. This was one of those things where you really feel like um, these guys are legitimately out there to kill each other. And, you know, while I could argue that they may have gotten a little extra in some spots, there was no doubt that the the suspension of disbelief was there. And I believe that's one of the things that, that Jay and his brother brought to the, the world of professional wrestling. I think, I think the most noteworthy thing is just, wow, the, the outpouring of from, like DJ, like you said earlier, all walks of life, all promotions, all races, genders, you know, everybody was just like, man, it sucks. This guy was amazing. And I mean, it's just, it's awful. Uh, I mean, so sudden, um, and uh, and it's the most unfortunate, the most unfortunate thing, but also the kind of the coolest thing is we're hearing the same thing we all heard about Brody is just what a great freaking dad he was. Yeah. And on one hand, that's awful that those kids are without their father now. But on the other hand, I think if it if you two were to leave this world and the the thing that they were saying about you was you were an amazing father. You guys would say job done. That that's a legacy. That's the legacy you leave behind. You know, right. were you a good dad to your kids? And yeah. that sounds like, you know, what Jay is leaving behind. He was a good dad. Um, you know, obviously, and again, without getting too deep into, you know, everything sounds like one of the kids is not out of the woods yet. Cause it was, you know, himself and his two daughters were involved in, in a car accident, but so, you know, we, we certainly hope the best for that child and moving forward, you know, having to grow up without a father is just an awful thing to think about. Um, so many things that could be said. I think that the main thing that needs to be said is that the sport of professional wrestling lost a good one. Um, the fans lost one that they admired, looked up to, enjoyed watching his peers his peers lost not only a friend, but a co-worker, someone they respected. Um, the outpouring from those folks has just been incredible to see. Um, a, a wife lost her husband, two kids lost their dad, and you know a brother lost his brother. And I think these are all the things that we need to take into consideration at times like these. Uh, you know, my my certainly my thoughts and my heart go out to the family, to the friends, and you know, hopefully this. This, this horrible thing can kind of, you know, people recover from it. You know, there, there's no easy or there's no positive spin for this. It just sucks, you know, when it's so sudden, so tragic like this. I mean, and, and maybe the new regime and maybe we're just going to be more accepting of the wide world of wrestling in general. But it basically was in my opinion, unprecedented for what they did in NXT yesterday. They stopped right. the show. They they came back from a promo. 
Vic looked right at the camera, announced Jay's passing, and sent their condolences and whatnot, and they went to commercial. And then Triple H had a tweet and all that stuff. Like, And these guys, as far as I know, never even worked a main event. As far as I know, they've had like a tryout, maybe, or that they decided not to go to or something like that. So for them, for the it just the impact that you've left on the wrestling community, if Usually the requirement is you have to have a cup of coffee in WWE for at least us to acknowledge you. Yeah. So and they they didn't even have that. Yeah. They didn't even have that, and none. This was not just a quick like graphic at the beginning of the show and never say it. No, this was Vic Joseph looking right into the camera and giving his condolences. So either I mean that is pretty cool, and I hope it's a sign of things to come. And just in terms of not everything has to be a freaking competition. And sometimes we can acknowledge the fact that these people are real people with lives and loved ones. And company bias aside, it is a brotherhood to a degree. Obviously, there are people in the business that don't like one another. But I was in that business, and there's a reason why they call themselves brother. This was not just a catchphrase from Hulk Hogan in the 80s. This is how how these, these boys and girls refer to each other in the back as brother. And because it is. It's a, it's a brotherhood. Good and, and sometimes with family, you fight with family. You don't always get along. You don't always see eye to eye. But when something happens to one of your own, you reach out. And, and, and you cross company lines. You cross you know, those, those, those boundaries. And it's, it's good to see that they did this for Jay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was going to say, I'm going to preemptively – because I know we clown Tony Khan an awful lot on this show. And rightfully so, most times. I, If he handles this the way he handled Brody Lee, it, it, it'll be in good hands. Um, and I fully hope that they do that tonight on, on Dynamite. I hope that they honor Jay Briscoe. I uh, hope that they he lets his, 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 uh, his artists remember him as thou, as they see fit the way they did Brody Lee and, and and again like I said Dynamite hasn't even started yet as of this time of recording but I fully expect Tony Khan to handle it the right way yeah I mean we we do clown Tony a lot but part of the reason that he frustrates me so much is because he is a fan and when he does get shit right he gets it right like yeah. across the board all I's dotted, all T's crossed, like like he did with Brody and like he's done with a lot of other things. And I ex- I'm with you, DJ. I expect tonight to be no different. Yeah. Rob, you got any parting thoughts here? Um, Just, you know, condolences to the family, to all the people that worked with him. And just like seeing all the different people. I mean, Ring of Honor, for, like over the past 10, 15 years was really like kind of a you know, kind of almost like Grand Central Station for the wrestling business, just seeing all the people who had been there or or had worked with people who had been there. Um, you know, we talked about Sammy and Kevin, but, you know, Shinsuke's been there. Um, you know, the Viking Raiders were there. Seth Rollins was there. Cesaro was there. Um, Tommaso yeah. Ciampa was there. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, Wendy Chu w- was there. Um, and they're just they're well, moving on. Ring, just... of Ring of Honor was never, as far as I remember, afraid of doing cross company shows or Forbidden Door stuff, or they had the long standing relationship with New Japan. So, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, 
even if you didn't work at Ring of Honor or get a paycheck from Ring of Honor, you probably worked with the Briscoes at some point. Yeah. Um, and, or at least uh, shared the locker room with them. Yeah, exactly. It definitely shared the locker room. Because, uh, yeah, I saw uh, Mustafa Ali you know, said something. And as far as I know, he didn't work in Ring of Honor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, yeah. Um, so just condolences to everyone who knew those guys, who worked with those guys, with him. And, um, you know, exit the brotherhood and, you know, just, you know, uh, best wishes for everybody that's uh, dealing with this right now. Yeah. And, and one last thing that I would say to you, the listener, to my co-hosts, hug your loved ones. Yes. Hug your loved ones, hug your friends, tell everybody you love them, mend those fences. If you've been sitting on the fence with someone you haven't talked to in years and you, you just don't know, make the call, man. Make the call because you never know when the next day may be the last day and don't live with that regret. Yeah, um, exactly. Always always do what's good for your mental health. So maybe there are certain people in your life that it's just not going to happen because I have some folks like that. But there are, you know, if there's that little kernel of doubt in the back of your head, if you're the, hey, what if I just said hi to this person or something like that? It's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Because that person on the other end may be waiting for you to reach out. Somebody's yeah. got to make the first move. Yeah. Yep. You know, like Jason said, it all ties back into mental health. We have always been big proponents of mental health on this show. We promote it often. We promote mental health awareness. And, you know, in in that vein, want to send some thoughts out to not only was Amari Miller, right? Yeah. Amari Miller uh, going through some things. Hopefully she finds some light, finds some way. But also big, big fans here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast of Big Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash had a rough 2022, losing not only his best friend, but his son. Uh, Kevin Nash, obviously, you know, we're thinking about him, hoping that he he finds some light in this world and, and, and you know, doesn't succumb to the darkness. Uh, and, and for you, the listener, again, if you're suffering from something, please reach out to someone, you know, call a friend, find a therapist, lean on someone. Do not suffer in silence. Yeah. It's okay to just talk about it. Just just talk. Just just say, hey, this is what's bothering me. Even if the other person doesn't even know what to say or respond, I promise, just getting it outside of your body will make you feel a lot better. So find a friend, find a confidant, find a teacher. I don't care who it is, guys. And, you know, and sometimes so- that's the key, Jason. A lot of times people that are going through stuff don't want advice per se. Right. They, they don't want you to tell them, well, maybe you should try this. How often do we, you know, people make the jokes, well, have you tried not being anxious? Have you tried not being depressed? Don't tell us that. Just right. listen to what's going on in our heads and our hearts at the time. That sometimes people just want someone to listen. Yep. And, and, and the help is out there. Please find it. By all means, please. And if you're a weird guy about going to therapy, grow up. Go to therapy. Be, I'll say it straight up. Be a man. Go yeah. to therapy. Seriously. Yeah. I'll say it's, it. You know? One of the best things you could ever do for yourself. And yep. as I've said on the show a million times, and anytime we're talking about mental health, you know how you go to your physician at least once a year? Well, you should go to your shrink at least once a year, too. Absolutely. All right. Before we get into tonight's full episode, I uh, want to tease a little bit here, hoping for some big, big podcast news 
I'm hoping I can drop it at the end of this episode. If not, we'll treat this like a cliffhanger and a teaser, and maybe we'll find out next week. But I am hoping that by the time we're done recording tonight, I will have some big podcast news. Let's break into, and this is going to piggyback off of last week's episode. We talked at great length about Vince McMahon returning to the WWE, what it could mean for the the future potential sale of WWE as a whole or as a as 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 a as pieces of its properties of its intellectual properties we also uh us and probably 99.9% of all wrestling podcasts in the world you know sat here and speculated as to what it might mean for WWE creatively today on the Bill Simmons podcast one Nick Khan sat down and uh at great length had a lot to say about uh, WWE over the last 8 to 10 months as well as WWE moving forward and, you know, I've listened to part of that. Jay and Jason here and Rob have listened to the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to let Rob take the wheel here a little bit and uh, hit some bullet points, and then we'll uh, we'll pick some of this apart. Okay, so, um, you know, because well, Bill, you know, actually, you know, tried to walk through the whole, you know, all the drama with Vince, basically, and him stepping down and all of that. And, hey, time out. yeah. Hang on. So, some of our listeners don't know who Bill Simmons is. Oh, I'm so, yeah, you're right. Bill, Bill Simmons is a uh, writer from the g- glorious and beautiful and the greatest state in the entire world, uh, Massachusetts. Uh. He uh, for page two for ESPN for a long, long time in the early dot-com days, 1999 and on. He started, He so he was a columnist. And then he started, he became, he started doing question mailbags and all this stuff and he slowly became the you know the featured talking head that you now see Stephen A. Smith and whatnot because this when he broke into the business that kind of thing wasn't around they were columnists guys they were writing these things called newspapers and blogs I don't know if you guys have ever heard of those but uh so he then was people actually write blogs anymore Robert uh yes uh, yes yes they do (laughs) okay <laughs> so they then he uh, was tapped by uh, ESPN to head up their Grantland. It was kind of his baby. It was kind of the the pop culture and sports column central. Um, and then when that kind of ran out, he left ESPN. He started his own his own Grantland with you know with strippers and cocaine and all sorts of good stuff. No, what is it? I'll start my own whatever with strippers and whatever. Anyway, it's called Grant, uh, the Ringer. It's absolutely fantastic. Our friend, uh, well, fr- uh, friend of the wrestling community, one Cameron Hawkins writes for them. Uh, and Bill is a tapped-in dude. Bill Simmons is on the inside track with the NBA. He is on the inside track with the NFL. Uh, at case in point, Nick Khan was telling, when they were discussing the sale of the Phoenix Suns and the sale of the um, uh, Washington Commanders, Nick basically let Bill take the wheel and said, and several times he's like, well, Bill, remember when you told me, remember when you told me, remember when you told me. So this guy is absolutely plugged in and knows what he is talking about. He is in sports and sports entertainment. Uh, he is, he's definitely a casual when it comes to wrestling um, based on some of the things he says, but he definitely knows enough to have this conversation, which was fantastic. Go ahead, Robert. Okay. So, they talked a lot about, you know, Vince stepping down and, you know, and now Vince coming back 
and yeah, they went through a lot of basically just the things people have been saying on the internet that just you know about you know this the way the Vince went about coming back and why he came back, and so and then Stephanie, you know, why she did the leave of absence, and then why she came back, you know, to be the CEO, and then why she left again, and it really. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There's no smoking gun. Sorry, guys. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, it's just that there's it, no buried bodies. No, and it's um I basically mean, there isn't because Stephanie was she was going to take leave of absence because remember Hunter had the heart issues and he he was in a really bad way. Um, he's talked about it, but here Nick Khan talk about it. It sounds worse, and so. Yeah. Nick put it like very like he was having a conversation with Hunter, I believe at Raw or at SmackDown, and Hunter and he said to Hunter, "Hey, you're breathing a little hard. Are you okay?" He's like, yeah. "Ah, yeah, I think I might have COVID. I gotta go get a test." Yeah. Well, the next day he was having open heart surgery. Yeah. Right. So I mean, he basically let's... said that's as not word for word, but that's basically the most intense thing I've ever had happen to a friend without them actually dying. Yeah. Yes. That was the most traumatic thing I've ever, and even still after it, and the months after, and talking to Hunter now, that is the most. He said that is the most traumatic thing I've seen a good friend go, good friend go to, go through, that did not end in their death, which yeah. is absolutely insane to me. To- and that was actually even more candid than Triple H. And I'm not saying Triple H no sold it when he talked about it several months ago, but he was like, okay, he was matter of fact. 
You know, he yeah. was okay. This is what happened. This is how I felt. We went to the doctor. They told me this. He was very clinical about it in his description. Um, yeah. Triple H was. Uh, you know, Nick was a bit more personal. This is my friend, and in my head, my friend almost died. Yeah, right. And, you know, and, so it really hit even heavier coming from him than it even did from Triple H. And, and this, the, that needs to factor into just the timeline of everything that's happened in the last year and a half or however long. Because was a massive monkey wrench, curveball, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right. And we should also uh, get a note in here that because a lot of people think that, you know, there's this narrative that Nick Khan was basically brought in, brought in to, you know, knock around to slap Triple H around or whatever. And and it's not true. Um, you know, I think Triple H is one of the people that, that was responsible for getting him there. And but Stephanie basically look, Stephanie's husband almost died. And even in recovery, he was in a really bad way physically. And like Nick Khan said, they have school-age children. And you know what? If you, I mean, so you, basically if your spouse can't do anything, literally, for a while, and if you have the wherewithal to not have to go to work for a while, and you got kids, then you know what you do? Stay your ass at home. Yeah, stay home. That's what you do. Okay, yeah. because the, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, you you don't gain anything out of going to work. You got kids who need parenting, and your and your spouse is basically down and out. And so and you gotta, that's what for those of you that have never had a long term relationship, spouse, partner, whatever you call it, that's what you do. That's a partnership. Yep. Yeah, and so and and to to wit with that. The other part of the conversation happened there with Stephanie, where Nick goes, yeah, I was on the phone with, on a three-way call with Stephanie and Vince when Vince asked Stephanie to come back as co-CEO. Right. End of story. Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, take all your conspiracy theories, take all your everything, just look at it as my esteemed colleague likes to say rob what is a banana sometimes just a banana that's exactly. all it is it's not anything else and, and that was a point that nick man sorry i know we're cutting we keep cutting you off robin i do apologize well no i, I, I don't this? mind because i i because i i don't i was a little off guard here so i don't <clears> mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's uh yeah i probably i probably threw, i threw you right out in on stage without a <laughs> without a net <laughs> it's rob live without a net tonight here on the mindless wrestling podcast um, now, one of the things that he said, and the thought just fell right out of my head, because guess who else wasn't prepared tonight, <laughs> is basically the, the running narrative was that the board all but sh like grabbed Vince by the by the collar and threw him out the door. No. Nick's side of the story is this was Vince's idea. We had all the allegations. Vince looked around and said, wait a minute, maybe this is a little too heavy right now. Let me back off. Let me... Just, again, as some people have alluded to, let's let the dust settle, let's see where this goes, and then we'll come back to work. And we talked about that on this podcast last week. Stephanie being named co-CEO, was it was told to us at the time and date it was temporary. Yep. So the window for Vince to come back was always there. Um, so here we are, you know, Vince, but the, 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 the enlightening thing 
is that it sounds like Vince left of his own accord. He looked around and said, as they jokingly used to say on the show about eight, 10 years ago, what's best for business? Right now, what's best for business is that I not be here. And Vince apparently, according to Nick, made that call. And even now with his return, Nick is now on record with a very prestigious, I'll say if Bill Simmons hasn't done a lot of it in a while, but Bill Simmons is a reporter. Whether yeah. he doesn't he's a legit he's a legit outlet. He right. is legit outlet as as far as I'm concerned. Talking to his face is just the same as say getting quoted in the Wall Street Journal. Right. So the dude said she came back from because dad asked her to. Yeah. yeah. And so, so even if Nick is protecting the business, so to speak, he is still on record with a reputable site as saying X Y Z. Yeah, and and exactly. So he said on record. There, are, I mean, one thing he said was, "I let family business be family business." He doesn't get between Triple H and Hunter, and you know, and and Triple H and Stephanie and Vince. Triple H and Hunter are the same guy. Yeah, well, are they? <laughs> one guy wears a bit. One guy wears a business suit. The other one wears a leather jacket to the ring. Take your pick. Yeah, I I like the leather jacket guy. But I, he, I <laughs> so the the he just totally and utterly squashed, and he is now on record saying Vince is here to do board shit. He is not. He has nothing to do with the creative process now. Whatever he tells Hunter at dinner is whatever he tells Hunter at dinner. But as far as any sort of informal or from formal communique between him and creative, Nick Khan is saying that is not happening. He is here for the sale and for their other revenue streams, whether that be the next TV deal, the next whatever, you know. And they talk about the, the valuation of all these crazy franchises and how... Yeah, why, why is Vince trying to sell? It's like, and Nick basically just boiled it down to, it's time. Yeah. It's time. That's it. That's it. It's time. He's 70-whatever years old. 77. Market, 77 years old. He is the market, I would guess, from my 10,000-point view, <clears throat> view, the market is not going to get much better for selling this kind of stuff when – you know the the Phoenix Suns are going for four billion dollars, and the you know Washington Commanders and their you know field made of I don't know dirt is going to go for eight or nine billion dollars. Yeah. yeah, like these franchises, these content, the, it's time. This is right. time is never going to get hotter. One right, thing. Because, that, oh, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because well, on that note. Um, like you can't play that game where, where it's always going to go up and it's always going to go up because one day it stops going up. So yep. if, and again, he's been Vince is 77 years old. There is like Jason said, there's, there will be no better time to do this. Um, and to, you know, and you better do it now. You, Cause you know, look in four years, you know, Vince might not be of sound mind and who knows. Right. And, or, and somebody else may have to do it for him. So he wants to he, he wants to do it, and now is the time. You're not going to get better value for it than you are right now. And they mentioned, um, you know, Nick even mentioned that, like, they may, you know, that all options are on the table. That selling it is an option, not selling it is an option, selling part of it is an option. Um, yeah. And so we don't know. 
there's a you know but they're doing a thorough strategic process they're going to decide what the best option is and i'll just simply say that you know for those of you people who believed kermit the frog that it was sold in 24 hours to the saudis um you should feel even more stupid now yeah it's uh, he really buried a ton of podcasts and to a certain degree ours as well you know we had some takes but we were we were talking we were offering commentary on the news as we knew it and we we spoke in common sense vernacular basically there's no way this sale was going to happen in the middle of the night on a tuesday and you know i i walked out of that podcast and i was like man i am like Barry Bonds, I am I am batting a thousand here. Rob, you you God bless you. Sometimes a banana is just a banana. And <laughs> for once in his goddamn life, the McMahons are shooting straight. Yeah. And it seems that way. It seems like he really is. And Nick made a good point, and this was something that you know a lot of people don't consider. Vince is not just the CEO of a company, he's the CEO founder. And there's a difference. You can yep. look at a company that they hire you into to be the CEO and look around and say, okay, you know what? What's the best deal? Let's sell. Vince, this is his. He built it, as we've talked about on this show, brick by brick from the ground up, wagered his last penny on WrestleMania three, and then shot straight for the stars after that, built it all the way up into a multi-billion dollar hot commodity he wants to have his hands, just much like on creative when he was in creative, Vince wants his thumbprint on everything. Vince wants his thumbprint through every step of the way. If WWE sells the whole company, if they sell off portions of the company, whether it's just the media stuff, whether they just don't sell it all and they just renegotiate their media rights. Vince McMahon, the guy, if I'm not mistaken, is somewhere around 80 to 81 percent majority stock shareholder. Um 81? Yes, it's sir. 81. Okay, 81% majority shareholder. He wants to know that he is getting, if, if he's going to sell, that he is getting the most bang for his buck. But he also wants to make sure that this company and the legacy that he leaves behind has a future. You know, and, and any sale that goes through is going to have to reassure him that, hey, 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now, WWE will still be a thing. And for his peace of mind, that's what he wants. So again, yeah, that guy is going to come back and be a part of this. So two things on that. Yes, uh, and to everyone who thinks we're WWE honks and whatnot, and we kind of are, we're just fans of WWE more than anything else. But the guy's a megalomaniac control freak. Of course he wants to have his signature on this. Guys, I know I use the word literally too much, but the man literally bet his house on WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. So he bet the farm on WrestleMania and he he won. He and he got the payout, he got the jackpot. So yes, he wants to be there when they get the billion trillion dollar check. Is that all at all surprising to anyone? No. No. Oh. Uh, yeah, and, and so just um, the big takeaway is just I would say stop, stop creating narratives or stop constructing narratives or whatever. 
I mean, at the end of the day, now look, and look, it's his company. If he wants to take over creative, then he will. And you know what? Guess what? You tweeting about it ain't going to stop that. Right. Okay? No. So, and you have to stop watching. So shut up. Right. I mean, basically, so if, if it's real simple, if he does that, then, you know, then you then put your money where your mouth is and stop watching. But yeah. and if he do, and if he and but if he doesn't, don't spend every day firing off tweets about, oh, shit, it's going to happen. Oh, shit, he's going to do it. What's going to happen when he takes back over? Which is I mean, and, you know, which is what a lot of the, the wrestling, a lot of these wrestling, uh, op- these opinionators. Oh, dang it, Rob, just a good piggyback right on that point. Don't blame every single booking decision that you don't like. Oh, Vince must detect his hunter. Please stop. Grow up. Yeah. yeah, and and it just because I mean, a lot of these, you know, the, the you know wrestling influencers and people like are, they're just basically they're they're being like the harbinger of doom. Like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Um, and then now and then and then, and then oh, but wh- why is Hunter having meetings with the wrestlers and telling them that that that, that it's not going to happen? Oh well, God, because, that was the dumbest thing to come out of Monday. If you're asking that question, you have never worked in a workplace. Period. Man, I, the dumbest thing. Oh, if he's having multiple meetings with talent, he's got two fucking. Actually, no, they've got three main shows. They have three separate rosters that they need to go and have discussions with. I have a crew of ten people. Okay, if I pull a staff meeting, sometimes I have to pull multiple staff meetings because my clinic overlaps. And while I've got some people that are free and open to sit down for a half an hour, I've got other people that are still doing overlap work. So I have to catch them at another time. You are not going to catch a staff of, let's just throw out a number, 200 talent, just the talent. I'm not talking about the employees, you know, the people running the cameras, the people in catering, the people in the ring together. I'm just talking about the talent. You, a good luck catching 200 wrestlers with half an hour of free time all at the same time i promise you it's like herding chickens and and let's just say this because if you what you're gonna the the next time you're gonna get that is uh the 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 day of the royal rumble right wrestlemania is the only day you're gonna have that entire pool of talent in one place and and royal rumble the st folks probably won't be there Cause and cause look at it like this. All right, just if you look, just look at the people on SmackDown, right? I mean, you know, Xavier Woods lives in, lives in Atlanta. Kofi lives in Texas, right? A bunch of them, live, a bunch of the people there live in Florida. Like, I think Drew and Sheamus live out in like Tennessee or somewhere. These games and everything, right? I mean, are we good? I mean, yeah, you can have a Zoom call with all these people, I guess. But I mean, you really want to do that? And that would be me if I'm out in like Poughkeepsie. Hey, Poughkeepsie made the podcast again. Yes. Hey, Poughkeepsie. Let's go. Shout out to Poughkeepsie. Yeah, if but, I'm in Poughkeepsie and they're like, hey, we need to have a 30 minute staff meeting, uh, put me up on Skype, pal. Yep. But on top, but the other thing I was going to say is that, yeah, you might want to have a meeting with the, with your talent to reassure them when every day they go, when they log on to the internet. That there are a million people saying that oh Vince is going to take over. Oh, I mean, they're, they're tweeting you, Rob, and they're saying, Rob, are you going to be okay? You're, I, I'm worried about you, Rob, because because Vince is in charge, and I know Vince doesn't like you. Like that's what you want to deal with every single day, Rob, going to work. Hell no. 
We talked about that, and we touched base on it a little bit last week. Is and when this whole Saudi deal, and I know we're steering a little bit clearer of the uh, the Nick Khan interview. And we can come back to that in a minute because I want to touch base a bit more on the talent. Because as we've said on this show before, you people do not care about the talent. No. You may say you do, but at the end of the day, you don't. And the proof is in the pudding with how that 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 Saudi sale just got perpetuated and thrown out there. And we used Sami Zayn. As the example, because obviously of everybody on the roster, Sami Zayn probably has the most moral conflict with they deal with the Saudis versus his own personal morals. And how, how many people blew up Sami Zayn's? Like, if I'm a wrestler right now that works for WWE, I'm staying the hell off of Twitter. I'm staying the hell off of social media because right now people are absolutely insane, terrified. Like, like uh, Rob, what's the model? When you're on Twitter, when you're a superstar wrestler, when you're when you're Rob the Genius World Heavyweight Champion, what are you going to go on Twitter for, Rob? Birthday wishes, post pictures, general motivational sayings, um, and promotion. And, and promotion. That's that that's not all going to fit on a T-shirt, guys. We got to work on that. Well, no, 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 it's not. But, <laughs> no, but, but, but I'm just saying. I'm just busting your balls. I'm just. Saying, if you're but, not tweeting about one of those four things. Put the phone down, Bubba. Yeah, right. But, but um, you know, but if you're Triple H, you know, you have, you know, all of the wrestlers are seeing this, you know, every day. I mean, every day they or if they're not seeing it on Twitter, they're you know, they're seeing it in some on some website or you know, or you know, Dave is, you know, speculating, perpetuating it. Oh, uh, you know, you know, word salad, Dave. In fact, I. Oh, please, oh, oh, yeah, please, please bring that up. Yeah, I got to no, no, You got fucking fans bringing signs to AEW that week. Yeah. And, uh, oh, so bite me. Like, Jesus. These are real people, guys. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for it now. Well, and yeah. some of those people, like we talked about last week, genuinely have cause for concern. The people that Triple H has brought back recently. Yeah. Bronson, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, you know, Io Shirai. You know, all of these people that Vince may not have given a chance to, you know. I got it. I got it. Here it is. Go for it. Yeah, here we are. $12.99 a month word salad from Dave Meltzer. Here we go. Vince is at at the office. He hasn't been to TV yet, but I say probably yet. I mean, when is he going to go on TV? I don't know. There's certainly rumors running around that he will. I've asked people, and they wouldn't be surprised, but it's not like there's a date. So I will even say at the end of the interview, Bill did ask, hey, is it possible? Is Vince going to come back as a story? His story, And is Vince going to come back as a character on screen? And Tony, uh, Tony, uh, Nick did say, like, there are no plans for that right now. And Bill was like, oh, what? And he was like, no, the answer is no. The answer to and he and then he immediately corrected himself and he said the answer to your question is no. Yeah. Well, let's 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 pick that apart for a minute. Vince being on TV is incredible. Vince is always incredible as an on-screen TV character. Mr. Okay. McMahon. Mr. McMahon is an incredible on-screen character. And if the guy still has the gas in him to come out there and be an on-screen character, 
Where's the problem with it? Why are you people terrified of Vince McMahon shoehorning himself back into a story? Because I got news for you. He did wonders for Austin Theory. The mm-hmm. work that he did with Austin Theory during that little time period was incredible. Time out. Time out. I have to tell this part because it's the greatest of all time. So uh, Nick said, or Bill asked, was any of that, was that worked into a story at all? And it was, and is that, was there a plan to work it into the story or anything like that? He's like, nope. Stephanie came out at the the SmackDown, I believe, that I was at. The SmackDown and she thanked Vince. The, Smack, the SmackDown that I was at, that everybody, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. And then the next Monday on Raw, he thought of this line all on his own, apparently. When Roman Reigns looked at Austin Theory and said, "Your yeah, daddy's not here anymore. Absolutely, and, and Nick says, so Roman, uh, and then Roman decided to, or Roman worked that into the story with your daddy isn't here anymore, which was, which was admittedly a great line. And we sold a ton of t-shirts. Beautiful. Yeah. But that was an ad lib by the goat. Good job, yeah. Roman. He loved Absolutely it. blows my mind that I, from a creative standpoint, I was at the very last SmackDown that Vince McMahon was in charge of creative. And mm-hmm. Jason was at the very first SmackDown post Vince McMahon creative. Like we, we bookended we really that did. whole thing. We bookended Vince McMahon's creative. We, we pretty, we pretty much did. And that, that, that's, that's the one tie that this podcast will always have to Vince McMahon's end of his creative run. That was, that's incredible. I'm going to hold on to that fact. Forever. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, let's let's get back to okay. Does that make me killer? Did I make you what? The Vince killer? You are the Vince I, killer, or did I, I kill did. him? Or did, what? We shouldn't put it that way. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me rephrase. <laughs> according, to the couple, according to Jr. and a couple of guys in a bathroom somewhere, people have already tried. Yeah. <laughs> We did. Jason and I did not kill Vince. Let me be very, very clear here. Yeah. Vince McMahon, as of Mr. January 18, twenty three, is alive and well. Um, got, Mr. McMahon has already died on screen, so I have no no qualms saying right. that we we killed Mr. McMahon again. Right. But I just I do think it's neat that I was at the very last SmackDown yeah. that Vince was in kind of creative. Jason was at the very first that Vince was after after he was. What was that uh, AV after Vince? Yeah, it's a it is a cool little footnote. Like that is a little <laughs> footnote in the history of this podcast. The one thing that really, really perplexes me, and this will always perplex me, because I never hated Vince McMahon's booking, and and I'm not talking about Vince McMahon the person. I'm talking about Vince McMahon the booker. Um, I never hated his booking as much as a lot. And that, the word can I sit here and say that everything was for me? Absolutely not. But there are people out there who are so vehemently hold him accountable for ruining their wrestling show that they are terrified that he may take over creative again. And, and, and Nick Khan fairly well squashed that today. He said, you know, with, without even hesitating or pausing, that has not happened. Vince has not been part of creative. He hasn't gone to the creative meetings. He hasn't done. He's, he's there strictly for business. The people now, is it possible that eventually he could? Absolutely. It's his company and do whatever he wants. And, and I, if they told me tomorrow Vince is back in head of creative, I go, yeah, kind of saw that coming. But the people it's... that are ter- like wetting themselves on the internet, terrified 
that Vince is going to take creative over again. Why? Why are you throwing that much energy into it? Vince... Have you been pissing yourself weekly for the last 30 years? Right. Like, what? What? It's just a return to the mean. Like, yeah, it sucks, I guess, and he's not the best person in the world. Also, not new information. As, as Rob pointed out on this show many, many times over, for everything that you hated that Vince McMahon put on TV, there was easily two things that you loved. Yeah, for, 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 go ahead, Rob. Because Well, I always say that Everything that you like and don't like about te- WWE television was either created or approved by Vince McMahon. Yeah. So if you're, if I mean, you want to shit on him for all the stuff you don't like, well, then you got to give him credit for the stuff that you do. And because I'm sorry, the wrestlers are not running out there and grabbing the mic and just saying whatever they feel like saying. They're not running. They're not. They're, they're Seth not. Rollins didn't run by Gorilla with a briefcase and go, "Hey, hit my music." Right, exactly. I'm going to dirty some diapers here. The pipe bomb yeah, was yeah. not a shoot. Right, it was it was approved. Okay, it was, okay. It was, it was approved. approved by Vince McMahon. It was approved. Every every everything, you know, I mean, they don't the, the rest You of may the, all go wipe and change your diapers now. I mean, that nobody runs to the ring and and decides, "Hey, we're going to have a match." Fuck that guy. Okay. Also, not for nothing, how long after the pipe bomb did he sign another contract? Yeah. And the and next he, day? Yeah. Or yes. some, about a week, two weeks. I mean that in like the, it was, you know it what was, I mean. It was actually like a month later or something. But yeah. Still, but, I mean, we, we don't need to go down that road again. But still, I mean, basically, and even now, if you really love what Hunter has been doing, um, Hunter has been doing it with the old man, you know, in the shadows. Oops. So if, if the old if the old man hated what Hunter was doing that much, he would have already taken it back over. Okay, really, yeah. I'm just, I'm serious. He, he no, was already- I actually don't. I wonder about that um, again for my ten thousand point foot legal view, which I don't know anything. I'm not a bar attorney or anything like that. But I feel like that's the and and Nick did reiterate that Vince is here for. The sale, the board stuff, the whatnot, the whatnot. And that is, although Vince basically forced his way, the brew, the board did have to, uh, like, accept it. Yeah. That that this is the way things are going to go, guys. Well, it's- and that was something that Bill brought up. And then, did, bless Bill, he did a great job. And you can tell whether he was just conducting business or whether he truly is a little deeper into the internet bubble than he ought to be. One of the things he asked was, you know, Vince is sitting at home. He's seeing the WWE being successful and mad creative without him. Is that a motivation for him to want to come back to work? Well, if you it know, is, does so he what? got to put his hands back into it? You know, if it is, so what? Okay, because I'm, 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 I guess I'm getting kind of irritated at this whole notion of these people. You know I am too. Damn it, it's his company. He owns the company, okay? If he wants to take back over, he will, okay? And you can't do anything about it, all right? You can't. I'm sorry. So stop tweeting about it. Stop being. Stop worrying about it every day. If he's going to do it, if he wants to do it, he's going to, okay? If he hated what Hunter was doing that much, he would have already taken over because you know the man, the damn control freak, okay? Right. He would have already done it. And okay? it's very possible that he could be looking at what Hunter's doing and go, you know what? That's actually really fucking good. And maybe you know, it, may, it, may, maybe I should have maybe, so. maybe I should have kept 
Dexter Loomis on board and tried a little harder. Maybe I shouldn't have got rid of Karrion Cross as soon as I did. Maybe I should have given um, Bronson Reed a chance. You know what? Who cares? I'm, that Johnny I'm, I'm, guy's I'm, still I'm, too small, though. Look, look. I'm, I mean, I'm, I know I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a little wired here. Oh, but. the the shoot bear, the shoot bear's gonna come out. Look, okay, and because like we said, y- y'all don't, y'all don't actually care about the wrestlers. Okay, if you were, if you were, if you were concerned about the people who, who might lose their jobs again. If Vince takes over, if you if you were truly concerned about them, then yes, I would understand you being you know worried or scared or whatever. But we all know that you aren't. We all know that these people they're their chess pieces on a chessboard to y'all. That's what they are. That's how y'all. That's really how y'all feel about them. Okay. So the fact is, so you know what? If he wants to take over, he will. If he doesn't want to, he won't. If he want, if he, he hated what Hunter was doing, he'd have done it already. So you need to stop tweeting about it every day every five minutes because it's a damn damn thing you can do about it okay your tweets aren't going to do it your blog posts aren't going to do it your podcasts aren't going to do it your youtube videos aren't going to do it they're not going to stop him from doing it if he wants to do it okay so if he if he does it then you, you got two choices you keep watching or you don't okay that's all it is and i'm done talking about it because i'm tired of talking about it. i'm tired of these people just every day every day every day to, oh no oh, the sky is falling the sky is falling the sky is falling well maybe it should fall on your head how about that my God, the shoe bears just shot. <laughs> I love it. I love it when Rob gets fired up, man. That's great. I mean, That's a great segment when Rob gets going. <laughs> and I'll just kind of piggyback off that and piggyback off my point last week. Like, dog, when is I, I understand that I've made kind of a deal with the devil when I'm a fan of WWF, WWE. Like, I get it. I've made a deal with the devil when I watch NFL games, guys. Yes. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. Prime example happened last week. It was a freak accident, but holy shit. Like, we we accept a certain amount of ick and a certain amount of violence and a certain amount of gross. And that's... I'm not even going to say that's okay. But, like, if, if you're going to... I can't even... We will be here all night if I do... If Snooker wasn't enough, if the screw job wasn't enough, if right. this wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, if, I could go for 30 years and probably do one incident a month. Yes. When is it? Go away. We don't yeah. care. Go away. Stop bitching about this thing that we just want to watch these adults fight in our their underpants and forget about our mortgages and forget about our car payments for two hours and just have a little fun. Like, and yes. I understand we get way too invested in these people, probably more than we should. And we do want a good working environment for them. And we do want good things to happen for them. That's important too. But you're only going to make a difference if you keep saying, well, this is it. This is it. If you actually do it. And I'm not even sitting on like a throne telling you, yes, stop watching. Go away. Like, no, I've made this example a thousand times. Season four of Arrow got to the end, and I was like, this shit isn't for me anymore. This shit has completely changed. I don't recognize this show anymore. Stop watching. Just stopped. Went on with my life. It worked out. Rob and I, and Jason as well, at different points in our life, took a break. I, I, let's see, my kids were born in 2005. I became a father. I was a husband. I had a different life that did they, they pulled me away from pro wrestling. You know, it was it, pro wrestling became such an insignificant part of my life. 
peripherally it was always there, but watching it week by week by week, I was like, no, I don't need this right now. And it's not must-watch TV for me. And that's okay. That's the thing that none of you people seems to understand is that's okay. What's not okay is to sit here and just week after week after week just commiserate with each other over how miserable you are watching this thing and how much this old man, how much anxiety this 77-year-old man who has been part of your lives for however long you've been watching pro wrestling, how much anxiety this old man gives you. And what feeds the machine is the fact that you keep talking about him. You keep talking about it on Twitter. You keep holding podcasts about it in YouTube channels, telling him how bad his stuff sucks. You still fucking watched it. And let me, you know? wait, let me throw this in there because... And because people like, you know, because people complain about the dirt sheets, they complain about the podcasters, they complain about this. Well, you know what? They give you the stuff you respond to. Yeah. Okay? That, that They give you what you respond to. Okay. There's this old song with EPMD called You're a Customer. Okay. Yeah. They give you what you respond to. You know do you know why you get all these, you know, reports and articles about the old man taking over? Do you know why you get them? Because you keep clicking on them. Okay. <laughs> All right, you know why you do podcasts just keep talking about it? You know why? Because y'all listen to it. Okay. And I'm look, I'm I'm sorry, I'm 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 cranky today. So just, <laughs> Rob's okay. in a mood, man. I am he's, a, he's just, in a foul mood. So I'm just I'm I'm sick of it. I'm 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 just sick a of pod, it. A podcast, an old podcast that I listened to that helped me form my love, current love for wrestling when I got started. It back into wrestling in 2015. I picked up with this podcast. Not going to mention by name. Don't want to, you know, start ruffling any feathers. Great bunch of dudes. Amazing bunch of individuals that I will always cherish. They grew. They got to a certain point where they got really, really, really popular. And that's when it got bad. That's when we got, when it went from this kind of atmosphere that I hope we're fostering here where it's just, Mm -hmm. Three guys, three pals talking about wrestling, and I hope that you feel like you are the fourth pal sitting around at the bar with us. But it got to the point where it became that. It became dirt sheets and uh, Vince and this and that and all the machinations. And why did this person go over? Why didn't that person go over? And we stopped watching it like a television show. And I'll tell you what happened, guys. That podcast started to suck ass. That podcast got bad. That podcast got bitter. That podcast got rude. That podcast book brought in all the bad shit that we talk about every day about this fan base. You guys are fostering this environment. Yeah. We are doing our best to foster a better one. Please help us out. We yeah. love you guys. Thank you so yeah. much. Rob, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Can we move on? Because uh, yeah, we can absolutely move on. Was there? I, yeah. I still have about twenty minutes of that pot, that that episode that I need to listen to. Was there anything else of note that you guys wanted to talk about with uh, Nick Khan on the Bill Sims? Uh, no, I'm ready to move on. Let's be, let's talk about. No, some, I'm some, ready some, ready some, to move on. Okay, well, let's talk about some WWE returns. I'm a little bit pissed off with WWE and Hulu right now. Uh, we have long talked about Bronson Reed on this show. We were mad when Vince cut him. We were excited as hell when he showed back up on Raw and beat up Dexter Loomis. And we, especially Rob. Rob has been singing, you know, Bronson Reed slash Jonas praises for a long time. Jason said about a year ago on this podcast that 
Bronson Reed was done cooking and we were ready to go. Bring him up to the main roster. Let's go. He came up for one tryout match and then he was released. Um, now we're back on TV. We got Bronson Reed. We've got he had his first official match on Monday night. I don't watch Monday Night Raw live. I catch it on Hulu and it's usually edited. And son of a bitch, if they didn't edit out Bronson Reed's debut match against Akira Tozawa. And by all accounts, everybody on my timeline was saying it was a freaking incredible. Like, that's how you debut. It was a great squash match. Bronson looked, as the internet likes to say, looked strong. Um, and Akira's the right guy to get him in there with because Akira will make you look like a million bucks. That guy's so good. Um, so I missed Bronson Reed's um, debut. Um, but here we are. We're, this is a guy that Triple H is taking a chance on. And and this is a guy that Vince passed on. Rob, I'm gonna let you start because you're the you're the biggest Jonah Mark, you know, slash Bronson Reed Mark in the room. What did you think of the the, the debut on Monday Night Bro? Oh, it, was, it was outstanding. Um, you know, look, and he let you know Cesaro got a couple of looks in, but he just he otherwise he murdered the guy. And 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 you know he and he did he did big man stuff. Right? He wasn't in there doing cartwheels and you know backflips and then you know, other type of stuff. All right, all right. And he went out there and he did he did big man stuff and he literally squashed the guy a couple of times. And it was I mean it was a throwback to some of the little Saturday morning you know King Kong Bundy matches almost. And it, I mean, and that's what you needed to do, right? Because one 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 of the things. You know, when they bring people up from NXT or when they debut new people or whatever, like you have to send a message to the audience that, that this person, this man or woman, not just is a good wrestler, but you have to send a message that this person is a big fucking deal. And, you know, I, I, I'm, we're going to get to that a little bit later because we, we got some I got some number stuff to talk about, but. Um, it's important that you do that and you have to do it from day one. If, if somebody, if you think somebody can be a really big deal, then you need to tell the audience that from the moment they arrive and you have to, you have to set things up so that they look like a really big deal. And they did that here. And it's better to do that than to have him in some competitive match with like Gargano or something where they go 50, 50 and the match goes 15 minutes or something. Okay. And that's you know, and that's not what you do. You you needed to have him go in there and just obliterate somebody. And I'm going to pause you there because I sorry, Robin. I'll let you go right back to your point yeah. and finish. I said the same thing about Carrying Cross here a few weeks ago. Carrying Cross is supposed to be this monster. He's supposed to be this this slayer of mere mortals. And this isn't a knock on this guy because I really like this guy's future. He went fifty fifty with Madcap Moss, like. And that wasn't his debut because Cross re-debuted against um, Drew McIntyre. But how, how do you present this guy as some credible demonic threat and then have him go, you know, 50-50 with what's essentially one of your mid-level mid-card guys? Right. I and, mean, like, some matches you just shouldn't book, right? Because, and, you know, that was one of the issues with Ronda, right? Because, you know, I... You got to put, you know, because you got to put her in there with certain people, quite frankly. Um, and so Monday, they didn't need to put, they did not need to put Jonah in there with Dolph Ziggler and have, you know, and have Dolph, you know, have a Dolph Ziggler match where he gives you all he can handle and he sells a bunch of stuff for you, but he kicks out of a bunch of stuff and he almost wins. They didn't need to do that. Okay. Uh, that would have been a mistake. And I'm saying that somebody who really likes Dolph Ziggler, 
Okay. Uh, but it would have, yeah, it was, you know, it, but they did, they did it the right way. They put him in there with somebody who he could just go in there and just obliterate and, and they did it. And that way now, you know, now you're looking forward to seeing him in with somebody else. Right. So now if they put him in now, if next week they put him in there with a more competitive opponent, you know, it, it's going to be more interesting. Right. Um, because you don't take somebody like Bronson again, you, when you have people who have the potential to be big dominating figures, you have to give them some time to be dominating figures. You can't have in, have them in there going 50, 50 with folks, uh, not from day one. I mean, because basically then that means you're just another wrestler, right? And you shouldn't make, you don't take somebody like Bronson Reed and make him look like just another wrestler from day one, because that's the people, that's the message people are going to get. And, and, you know, that's the mistake they made with Cross. Like you said, now Cross went 50, 50. And, you know, don't book him with Madcap Moss. All right. Don't, if, 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 if you don't want Madcap Moss to get squashed, then you don't put him in there with somebody who you're trying to get over as some type of monster. Right. Yeah. Uh, just just get him somebody else. Right. Get him somebody who he can squash. Right. Who you don't mind getting squashed. This and, is why I wish WWE would go back to using local job talent for things like this. Um, and that, I think that's one of the things that, that, that hurt the business and hurt the wrestlers was getting away from job guys and enhancement talent. Because you can go out there and you can have these squash matches without anybody because that's the Internet wrestling community's biggest thing. You know, it's because there's obviously somebody out there who's going to look at why they have to squash Tozawa. And to be fair, Tozawa's fun. Tozawa's an awesome wrestler. He's a fun character. He's done everything they've asked him to do. He's got a fan base out there that's probably like, okay, why my guy? You know, why him? So I, I really wish they'd go back to using job guys again. I mean, we use them again. We equate this to comic books and Mortal Kombat and whatnot. There are job guys in that too, guys. There's a reason that, you know, Bane shows up on the scene and wipes out 50 cops in his first scene or whatever. Stuff like that. You've got There's to establish the power of the being. Right. If he is just immediately like competitive, it's just like, okay, you're just another dude. Right. Um, I mean, exactly. And it's just, um, so you need that, and then, like you know, I mean, when, you know, Darth Vader walks out at the beginning of you know Star Wars Episode Four, and if he'd walked out there and got into a fist fight with some guy, and the guy almost beat him, then that would have you know that would have killed the whole thing. But you know, two minutes in, he, he's lifting some guy you know, you know, two feet off the ground by his neck, and then crushing his you know, larynx and tossing him against the wall, right? That, I mean, you do that to get the message across, right? Yeah, I mean, or. or <laughs> Bad motherfucker. Or when, you know, when the Hulk ran up on Thanos in Infinity War, right? I mean, and Thanos squashed him. That was the point. The point was to get it across like, no, this is some different shit, okay? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, so they did that They did that with Bronson Reed. I'm happy they did that with him because now they, they, they sent a message that, okay, this, this, is, this is not just some guy on the roster. And yeah, so I was really happy that they did that. Yeah, right. well, big fans of uh, Bronson Reed, so yeah, I, he he's a guy I'm definitely uh, him and Dexter Loomis, uh, Johnny Gargano. I felt one way or another was going to end up at least getting a run when they because they didn't release him. He just went all he went home to be a dad, so he wasn't part of any grand release. 
But Dexter Loomis and Bronson Reed were two guys that I personally was disappointed by when they released them a while back. And I'm glad to see them both getting getting opportunities on on the main roster. And I nothing but the best for both of those guys. And like I said last week, if it doesn't work, if it fails, if they fail to get over, that's not on creative. Creative tried. They gave them a shot. They gave them an opportunity. And it, it just, they fail. At that point, it's on them to connect with the crowd. Yep. And also, when and if some of your favorite wrestlers get released, your favorite wrestlers, and I'm using air quotes there for those of us who remember that this is an audio podcast, um, follow them. Like, follow them around. I didn't didn't order any pay-per-views, but I watched Jonah on Impact. Rob ordered pay-per-views. Rob watched Jonah on Impact. Like, we, at least with Jonah... We put our money where our mouth is, and we followed that guy. A lot of you didn't. I can tell you from, from all the people that I saw kvetching about poor Bronson Reed, not a lot of people really cared about Jonah. And I'll tell you, it was the same character, guys. You wouldn't know that, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, right. Yeah, so that, I mean, that was that was a really good thing, and, I, and they nailed that perfectly. I was really happy they did. Yeah. Good, good, did. good old squash match never hurt anybody. Except for maybe the guy that got squashed. Well, yeah. That's what you need. And just the Darth Vader analogy again, you know, that's why he wipes everybody out at the end of Rogue One. You know, when he finally gets unleashed and he wipes out 50 dudes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Captain Antilles. You yeah. can't quite measure up to the Dark Lord of the Sith. Right. And it's not the same on wrestling TV when you wipe out a bunch of security guards or no. EMTs. You've got to get in the ring, and you've got to squash a wrestler. That tell you- sends the message. Because if you're already established and you wipe out a bunch of EMTs, okay, that's one thing. You, we, we've already established that you're that guy. But to get you to be that guy, you've got to squash the wrestler. I will say, I thought it was, although it is one of my favorite promos of all time, and putting the ether beat behind it, whoever whoever did that, Salute to you. I could kiss you on the mouth. You're wonderful. But the promo where Brock and Roman had the contract signing for the Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship, and Roman looked at Brock and said, You don't understand, farm boy. You, you know, everybody works for me. These guys work for me. These guys, you know, the commentary works for me. And he gets out of the ring and he points at the sign, WrestleMania, that, that's my show. He turns back and he goes, And the security guys in the ring, they work for me too. And then Brock just kind of bundled them all. It was just kind of like, eh, okay, I get the point, but I wish if they if one of them had pulled out a stun gun or something, I would have popped. But yes, to your point, Brock wiping out another wrestler or another group of wrestlers hits way harder than him but wiping out a bunch of foot soldiers. But Brock's already established as the guy. We right. need to get Bronson Reed established, and the way that they debuted him on Monday was was the way that's a good first step. But even still, I'm, to your point, it hits different when Brock takes, I don't know, Rey Mysterio or someone, or not even Rey Mysterio, Kalisto, yeah. to Suplex City. That hits different than it does when Brock just wipes out a bunch of security guards. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it matters, like, when, when the Road Warriors, when, when they would run in the ring and the music would still be playing, and there were times where they, they squashed the guy so fast the music was still playing. 
And, Those were great days. Yeah, I mean, and, and but it, it, I mean, and it mattered, like you said, because those were those guys are wrestlers, and they just went in there and they beat the shit out of them, and it gets, <laughs> and it gets the message across that okay, you know, that these are not just two guys who are here to have matches. All right, so let's get into one last little piece of business here. Uh, Rob, being the only one of this podcast that saw the Impact pay-per-view over the weekend, and I do want to note, Jason had to bail out on us. He had some personal things he had to do. I wish Jason could have stayed through for the rest of the show, but unfortunately he had some stuff come up. We're going to rock out the rest of the the time without him. Uh, Rob ordered the the latest Impact pay-per-view on Friday. Rob, of the three of us, has probably been a bit more dialed in with with impact uh, than, like I said, Jason or I have. So I'm going to let Rob take the wheel here a little bit. And uh, Rob, so first, what compelled you to go ahead and order it? Well, okay, so I started I started watching Impact in, like, 2020. Uh, just, you know, out of curiosity, because I think at one point when um, WWE released a bunch of people in 2020, several of them kind of went over that way at the same time. So I was just kind of curious to see how, you know, how, you know, things would go with them. Uh, and so I just, you know, I just kept kind of, I kept paying attention. I ordered one of their pay-per-views and it was, it was cool. And so I just, I started keeping up with it. Now I don't watch it every week. I DVR it. And if there's something, you know, that's worth, I think it's worth watching then I'll watch it, but I do keep up with it every week. And, you know, and then over the past couple of years, some people have, you know, gone through there who, you know, were, People I was really, you know, people who I really liked in WWE went through there because they got released. I mean, uh, you know, Jonah was there for a while, as we've mentioned, you know, Bronson Reed and uh, Mia Yim was there last year for a while. Um, Mickey James has been there for a while, ever since pretty much ever since she got released back in, I think it was 2021. Um, and so I just, you know, I thought it was worth checking out. I wanted to expand my horizons a little bit. And because I, I missed the heyday of TNA and Impact, I just wasn't watching then. I didn't watch any of it. So I, so I missed all the AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, and, you know, um, Samoa Joe and all yeah, that. Yeah, Samoa Joe. Yeah, I missed all of that, you know, and Christopher Daniels and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I just, and then also the Impact, you know, the Impact women's division has always been pretty highly touted. So I wanted, you know, just to see, you know, you know what that was about. Um, and then I think with Jordan Grace was getting started there. And I saw I saw Jordan Grace like in, at an indie show in like 2018. Let's talk for a minute about transformations. My God, Jordan Grace. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she is completely just. She doesn't even like the same girl. And, and you know, no. she was she was always attractive to begin with, but she has just. Like my God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, she has really, and yeah, I saw her at an indie show like in 2018. Uh, wait, you know, and actually, uh, she was there, Mia was there, and Jonathan Gresham was on that show too. And of course, they're married now, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, they were all there on that show. I remember, and um. Cause it was a Nova Pro in like in Northern Virginia, you know. I've got you know Will Mahoney tipped me off to it because he used to go to their shows all the time. Cause he he lives over in Virginia, so I, you know I just rolled through there and checked one checked one out one time. That's the first time I saw her there, and um, and like she's gotten like leaps and bounds just better as an in ring worker also. And 
Like she's um look, she's one of the best women wrestlers outside definitely outside of WWE right now. Yeah. And yeah, now her husband just signed with Impact, so I don't know what her contract situation is. But I imagine that it, look, if she becomes free anytime within the next year or two, well, look, I'm sure Hunter's probably called her already. Uh, oh yeah, but, she's got to be on his radar just for the look alone. Yeah, and and look, you, I mean, you could put her on the main roster immediately, or if you if you want somebody just be like the kind of veteran boss in NXT and just hold the title for a while and just be there to you know wrestle all the girls, you know, the, the newer girls for a while. She would do very well with that, but I imagine she would want if she if she were to come to WWE, she'd want to go to the main roster, and I think she would do great. Yeah. Um. So I just you know I've just been keep you know keeping up with it the last couple of years, and you know, and I've ordered a few of their pay per views, and so you know I've ordered a few of them, and I've enjoyed them. So you know now I don't, you know I don't order everyone they do, but if there's one that sounds like it'll be good, I you know I give it a try. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I use Fight TV, and that, well, that's another thing. Fight TV is, as we know, Fight TV is real easy to use, real convenient. Uh, I probably would not, if it was just traditional pay per view, I probably would not order their pay per views. But with if you get it on Fight TV, you, you get, you know, basically you get to keep it, right? Um, you, so you can, you know, you get unlimited replays and all of that. So if you order something on Fight TV, it ends up being really good, and you then, you know, you, you can go back and watch it again. So that's you know that's a bonus so i you know so now um because one thing because i made a just like over the past year i just told myself okay um i'm gonna you know again just watch some other things and the biggest thing is i just, I don't want to struggle watch anything like if something is just tough to watch i'd rather go watch something else that's not as tough to watch you know, yeah and, um that was one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to branch out from something. You know, obviously, you know, we're we're e drones. Let's yeah, if, we are. If, if we are, let's let's be real. We're e drones. We 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 fly that flag. I did promise myself I was going to try and branch out a little bit more. With with me, a lot of it is just time. Like I have other interests, other hobbies. My job is extremely busy right now, and then sometimes I just don't feel like watching wrestling. Not right. WWE, not AEW, not Impact, none of it. It's like, okay, you know, I watched, you know, SmackDown and I caught up on Raw and I watched NXT and maybe caught a couple things, you know, just some different things on YouTube here and there. There's a couple nights a week where I'm like, I got to walk away from wrestling, man. I got to, I just, I got to take a break. I got to watch a TV show, a movie, something just to, or watch nothing. Like there are times when I don't watch TV, but I, I, I do want, I, but I feel what you're saying again about, something being a chore to watch it. And if I find a show like a wrestling show or any show for that matter to be a chore, I'm probably not going to give it much of my time. Yeah. Cause honestly, I mean, last year I found myself doing that with SmackDown a good bit. It just, it, you know, it, it became, it, it, it became a struggle to watch cause you know, other than Roman, you know, my favorite people on that show weren't there. Yeah. And you know, and I, so I was just kind of like, you know what? Um, and then so Impact, they do some of their pay-per-views on Fridays. Um, and so there are just some times like, you know what? I'll just watch this over here instead. I mean, you know, because um, they've got some people on the Impact show that I, that I do want to see. And so if there's nobody on SmackDown I really want to see right now, but there are some people on this other show, then 
Yeah. Why should I watch the show that doesn't have anybody on it I want to see right now? You know? And from what I've seen, if you like good wrestling, Impact's got good wrestling. And I think they're, you know, a little less they're somewhere in the middle of like what AEW tried to convince everybody it was gonna be. Yeah. To what WWE actually is. I think Impact has found that true balance and that true middle ground of okay, you want real good wrestling. We got some real good wrestling going on over here. But if you want some good sports entertainment, we got some of that too. Oh, because yeah, because I mean they do a lot of silly, wacky stuff, and and there've been a couple of times where people, when people have left the company, they've been like their characters been like killed on TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they get killed off on TV. It's and they you know they had again. You can never go wrong with wrestling uh, with wrestling weddings. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they, <laughs> so... They've had that. I mean, they've had people go to. Um, um, people when when Tyra Valkyrie when she left you know she left she was in NXT for a while but when she left to go to NXT I think um, they had she was found guilty of killing somebody on the show <laughs> that's hilarious and it was like okay so are you going <laughs> and they were like they were even saying like okay are you going to the prison in Jacksonville or are you going to the one in Stanford <laughs> right <laughs> or the one in Baltimore right um, and so you know because Stanford is WWE at the time Baltimore was still Ring of Honor and Right. Jacksonville is, of course, AEW. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they, that was, and it was just, I mean, it was hilarious just, that, you know, that they came up with that line on TV. I think what <laughs> keeps impact around is that they really, they take, they take their business serious enough, but they don't take themselves so seriously. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then see, they, and they've settled into this kind of little niche now. Cause at one time, they, I mean, they were, they were a lot bigger at one time. Well, they were actively trying to compete. Yeah, and that it ultimately didn't, you know, it didn't work out for them. So now, I mean, they they found their little place, and you know, then you know they're kind of like the little show that could right now. And they, but they found, you know, they found their little niche, and what they and they're kind of a way station for people. Like if you're in between companies, you know, if if you're in between stints in WWE, right, you you can come there for a while and do some good work and maybe do enough to get yourself back in WWE, you know, which is, I mean, Jonah did that. Mia did that. Right. Chelsea green looks like we'll have done that. Um, so you can do that there or, and so you, and you can get noticed there. Uh, Wesley, you know, and, um, NXT was there for a while. And of course he and his partner who got fired, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, you know, but he, I mean, he was there for a while. Um, so you, I mean, you can do that. And then, some people go there and they just, you know, and, and like Heath and Rhino have been there for a while since they got released. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, and so it's a place where you can go in between stints or you can work there and work some other places, you know, and so it's, it's a nice place to go, man. And, and from what I've heard, they, you know, they, they pay you enough. You're not going to get rich working there, but you can pay your bills from what I understand uh, if, if you work there. So, you know, um, and I think they've kind of they've embraced who they are. Yeah. Right? Uh, they stopped trying to be a big time wrestling company and they've embraced who they are. And it's and it's nice to it, it, in that way. It's, it's been more fun to watch that way, really. Yeah, I, I think once you stop and maybe eventually AEW will get there. Once you stop thinking, hey, we can get WWE. I think then you settle into a good wrestling company. You know, I think that's what sets something like an MLW apart. MLW knows what it is and it knows what it's not. 
Right. And that's what makes it easy to watch. It's like, okay, this is what these guys are doing. And they're paying attention to what they're doing in the moment. And to me, that's so important to the success of a company. And success does not mean does not have to mean, hey, we're going to put WWE out of business. Sometimes success is we put on a good wrestling show and within a few hundred to a few thousand people, everybody that watched last week came back to watch this week. Maybe yeah. a few more. That to me is a successful wrestling company. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And now, I mean, people people go to work there now voluntarily now, like um, because on this show, um, Frankie Kazarian, uh, he was a well, he was one of the Impact Originals, I guess. Well, he just left AEW, didn't he? Yeah, and he and his, his contract, and he chose. The, he said, "I want to come back here," you know, and uh, so, and he even went to you know the he went to Tony and even said that you know I don't roll my contract over. I just you know I'd, I want to go. I'd rather go back to Impact. Yeah, well, good um, for him. Yeah, and 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 that's another like if if you're a place where people actually will want to come work, you know, then that's good. Uh, so they, I mean, they've been doing, they've been doing a good job. Like I said, they, they, you know, they stay within who they are yeah. and, and look, and I think AEW would be best advised to just say, you know what? We're number two. Yeah. That's who we are. We're number two. We're on a, we're on, we're on a major cable channel, but we're not, you know, we're not them. We're not WWE. We're not going to try to be, we're number two. We can do a good thing here on this channel and running the buildings that we run and all that good stuff. And I think they would be better served if they would just say, okay, this is who we are. Yeah. So they talked you into the pay-per-view. Yes. All right. And just firing off here to, to start off with, what'd you think? It was, it was a good show. Uh, now last year's, uh, I think it was Slammiversary last year. That was, that was a great pay-per-view. This was good. Um, they had the, the main event was actually had a great story behind it because uh, Mickey James was challenging Jordan Grace for the knockouts championship. And just the story to it was that, well, Mickey lost the title last year and then she, you know, she started losing some other matches and it was kind of the, well, I'm getting up there in age. Maybe I can't do this like I used to anymore. Maybe it's time to go. And so, she, you know, so she took off TV for a while and then she came back and was like, okay, I'm going to make one last run at the championship. And, I'm either going to win it or I'm going to go home. And, and that's such a guy pop for that kind of story. I loved when WWE did it with flair. Yeah. Um, when flair went on the, the what sixth retirement tour, Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that Sean officially, I consider Sean Michaels, the Sean Michaels match, Ric Flair's uh, retirement. I don't, me too. I don't acknowledge anything after I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Me same here. You know, and, uh, but to see Mickey James play that out has been incredible. Yeah, and so and no, and she said like basically if she lost the match at any point along the way, then that would just be it. And so of course you know that it's at at the very least it's going to get to the world title match, right? She, I mean she's not going to make that big pledge and then lose the first match, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, so you know That's that shitty storytelling, right? Um, so it went all the way up until this match and. And look, I don't know if this was by accident or if they planned it this way to have what could potentially be the last match two weeks before the Royal Rumble add some more suspense because she could have lost here and then showed up in Titan land in two weeks. Right. I mean, that's, you know, well, that's she that's, had the knockouts championship with her last year. She could very well have won Friday and still show up. Right. So that's what I mean. So 
having that there kind of in the background, you know, added some suspense to the match. And then also what they did, what they really, what they did really well. Also, while Mickey was doing this thing, um, Jordan Grace just went on like a remarkable just run as champion. She was just beating everybody. And they even built up uh, this lady, Masha Slamovich, had her go undefeated. And then Jordan beats her, was the first one to beat her. So, you know, Mickey's going on the tour and they're building up Jordan Grace into this, you know, really big thing. And so that when you get to the match, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I mean, you're not sure. Be, you know, and that was the biggest thing when they, you knew they would get to the match, but they put it, you know, the way they did the story, they did it well enough that when the match actually started, you didn't know. Right. Um, you, you weren't sure. And. And they had a great match and, uh because I mean, Jordan Grace does a lot of power moves and, you know, Mickey was basically, she was, you know, she was countering and, you know, she was just refusing to go down and just fighting back. And, um, and they, I mean, they did a couple of really cool things. There's one point because, uh, well, Mickey's finishers is like jumping DDT. So she jumped in the air to do it and Jordan stopped her in midair, but then she slapped a guillotine on Jordan. <laughs> right. And, um, and then at one point, um, like Jordan did, she did a superplex, but then she held on, picked her back up in the air, and did a jackhammer. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. That and the other one that really popped me when Jordan Grace slapped the taste out of Mickey James' mouth. Man, yeah, she slapped her so damn hard. I was like, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I mean, they had a. It was it was it. It was a really good match that they had, and it was worthy yeah. of the main event. And you know, and then, oh, and then when Mickey when she came out to the ring, she um did like they had like a kind of tribal ceremonial kind of thing because she's Matapanai, yeah. From um, so this was the first time she ever had like any like her Native American heritage ever kind of on display. That entrance was cool as shit. It was, man. It was. It really was cool. Yeah, and. So they man, they really did a good job with that, and it was yeah, it was just excellent. Look, look to me, the, the show was worth it just for that, just yeah. for that match alone. Um, they had some other cool stuff on there. Um, oh, and well, they started off with a tribute to uh, Don West, who passed away, uh, which and he and he was a big part of Impact Wrestling on commentary for a long time. And now the the other big match on the show. <laughs> was <laughs> oh boy, it was something else. Man. Shine up the shovel. Well, I, I, I'm not going to because all right, because at first it was like, why on earth are they having Bully Ray in a title match at you know in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's one of those things, you know. I mean, well, Josh Alexander is the world champion. And he's been champion for a while, and if you're going to be world champion for a length of time. You you gotta you have a few of these in there as far as title defenses. Um, yeah. And look, I mean, you know they, you know Roman had Goldberg last year, right? I mean, well, if and you gotta be, think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll yeah. So I mean, you're gonna get a few of those. I mean, because you can't you can't wrestle all the contenders in the company all the way through because then you'll beat everybody and then you know. Well, then Bully Ray's got history with that company. Some people would argue that his his Bully Ray character was some of the best work of his career. 
Yeah. And yeah I mean, what the, the aces and eights and, yeah. you know, everything as far as, you know, that time period. So, yeah, like I said, we could sit here and say, why is, I don't I think he's in his 50s now. You know, why is 50-something-year-old Bully Ray wrestling for? Well, there's a reason. And it's the same reason that Goldberg comes out and gets title shots every now and then because of his importance to impact and yeah. what he meant to that company and what it meant to him at the time. Yeah. And, um, and look, and because Bully Ray, he did a stint in the Ring of Honor a few years ago. And, well, you know, it's always the same thing with him. You're like, well, why is he here? But then when he gets on the mic and starts talking, you're like, oh, well, that's why he's here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, he remind, Bully reminds you. He may not yeah. be that guy anymore, but he's still that guy. Yeah. Um, and so they had to, they had basically, it was, uh, what was it called? Like a Motor City Mayhem or something or other. Basically, it was, it was, you know, it was an ECW. It was an extreme match. rules match. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, and I'll say this, if, if you're in, if that, if it's your, if you're into that kind of thing, then you, you would actually love this because what they did, they executed everything great. It's just that it was, if you're not into this kind of thing, it was way too much. <laughs> I mean, cause look, they were bleeding, not even five minutes in and you know, they brought out the tables, they brought out the chain, they brought out ladder, um, thumbtacks, uh, bully Ray zip tied Jock Alexander to the ropes at one point. Um, they had run ins like Bully Ray had a couple of goons that ran in, and then Tommy Dreamer, of course, oh, of course, in. Tommy Dreamer did. Here comes Tommy Dreamer, <laughs> in there. um, and so it was. I mean, again, if if you're not into this kind of thing, then yeah, you'd be sitting there like, oh, come on, but yeah. if you are, they like I said, they, they executed it everything really well, so. To the point where even I couldn't really hate on it that much because I'm like, you know what they're doing? They're, they're doing they're doing good, you know. Good this work. is not my kind of thing, but they're doing it really well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and so and Josh Alexander is another guy, um, you know, as far as wrestlers outside of WWE, who who I would recommend anyone watch. Um, he is just he is an outstanding wrestler. He is like. Yeah, you know, I, I dare say Kurt Angle close to it. I mean, he he is just outstanding, really. Yeah. And um, and so he you know and he made the match good just with what he does. Um. So that was, I mean, for like for what it was, it was well done. It, again, if, again, if if it if you, that's your kind of thing, you would love it. If you're not, then you'd probably just be like, okay, but. Um, it was it was a wild and crazy match. They had um, they also had another um, they had a false kind of anywhere match. It was like Rich Swan and Steve Macklin. Uh, he used to be one of the Forgotten Son guys. They were out in the street in Atlanta, and they were fighting out in the street. They were fighting out in the parking lot. They ended up back in the arena, of course. Um, and that was that was fun. Um, and then they had, you know they had the other matches were good. I mean they you know they, it was good entertaining stuff. It not I wouldn't really wanting to pontificate on it for another 20 minutes or anything but i mean overall it was a good show yeah uh, and so they i mean they have you know they have good pay-per-views uh again maybe at least one a year will be really good like slam slam anniversary last year was great um and so look if you're looking for you know if you're looking to expand your horizons i would definitely recommend it and because again it's it's a different it's a different kind of show Right. So if 
if you want something that is different from you know from what you see from WWE, I'd say it's this is worth checking out. And again, t- yeah, look, I got the same time constraints, you know. Um, so I look, I DVR it on TV. And again, I don't, you know, I don't sit down and watch the whole two hours every week. If there's a match or something worth, I think is worth checking out, I'll do that. Um, but I think it's definitely worth, it's worth putting in your rotation if you're looking for, you know, some more stuff to look, to watch. And I think honestly, when you, you know, when, when you do look at some stuff outside of whichever your company of choice is, it, it I mean, it helps you kind of, you know, you get a better appreciation for good wrestling in general. I mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. <clears throat> I feel bad because Impact is running a show uh, Friday night, literally 30 minutes from my house and tickets for like 15 bucks. It's really not that expensive. It's probably a small venue, real intimate setting, which I like for these types of shows. I feel bad. I'm not going to make it. I've got NXT on Saturday night. I've got the Brevard Ren Fair on Saturday, um, entering the beard in another beard contest. I'd I expect money to already be spent. I just don't have it in the budget. And I feel bad because, again, being only 30 minutes away and a $15 wrestling show uh, might be fun. You know, and, you know, especially now that Mickey James is the knockout champ again, it'd be neat to go see Mickey. She's advertised for being on the show. I know that doesn't always mean anything, but maybe yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And if they come back around again, I may actually go check out. Uh, I may go check out Impact next time they're in town. Oh, yeah, def- I definitely recommend it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was a good time, man. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I think we can probably call the go home here. Uh, a couple quick reminders. I know I teased at the beginning of the show, hopefully to have a little bit of podcast news. Uh, been waiting on something throughout the duration of this show. It has not come to fruition yet. So we're going to leave that on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, next week, we're going to talk to Jason a little bit more, who's conspicuous by his absence in the last 20 minutes of this episode. Jason's starting a new job. We're going to talk to him about that a little bit next week. Will I win the beard competition two years in a row? We'll find that out next week, as well as I'm going to have some, uh, you know, boots on the ground reporting from the NXT house show near me this weekend. Uh, all that and a whole lot more, you know, the world of rest, professional wrestling never sleeps and, uh, 2023 has been off to a roaring start. Next week, we'll probably do a little bit of Royal Rumble talk as Royal Rumble comes up in, uh, what, 10 days now? Nine days? Yeah. Eight? Well, Something the, like uh, that? Nine days on 28th. Yeah, it's on the tw- 27th, right? Uh, whatever whatever. It's day on it's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, I think, is the 27th. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, it's on Saturday the 27th, so next week we'll definitely be doing some Royal Rumble talk. Uh, everything's starting to ramp up as far as that goes, so next week I expect to be extremely, extremely busy for us on this podcast. I uh, want to thank what's left of my co-hosts here tonight from the Rob the Genius podcast, the shoot bear himself, Mr. Rob. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, yeah, always a good time here. I am, as always, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. You have been listening to the only podcast, the only wrestling podcast that is Nana and Kid approved, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in a ring. And we're out of here until next week.